I am Shalom Melchizedek. Thank you for being here. If you have been listening to this podcast, or if this is your first time, thank you for your support. I ask that you please visit hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. That's hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. We have a very important campaign happening right now, and that is our Kickstarter campaign. We ask that all donations and support be forward at this time to this campaign. We are creating a very important book, and with your support, we can get this book finished and out to the public early this year, and you can continue to empower yourself on your journey of healing and expansion. Creating this podcast independently requires a lot of resources, and we are excited to continue to create this podcast. With your support, we can continue to create this podcast. So at this time, we ask that all donations are forwarded to our Kickstarter campaign, and you can find that campaign www.herewithshalom.com slash podcast. And you can also search my Instagram, Shalom Melchizedek, and click the link in my profile. Thank you for being a blessing. Thank you for your support. And we love you. Welcome to the Here With Shalom podcast. I am Shalom Melchizedek. Thank you for being here. In this podcast, we will focus on internal healing from a meditative perspective. Whatever we feel, we can heal. Let our healing begin. Highest blessings. I am Shalom Melchizedek, and this is the Hill with Shalom podcast. I thank you, our dear listener, for being here today. You have continued your journey, empowering yourself through inner healing and your highest expansion into your greatest self, coming into alignment with your connection with source and all that is. Today, we have a beautiful episode One that I've been trying to orchestrate for a while and I've just been waiting for the right alignment. Today, I believe we hit a bullseye. Today is about healing through yoga. We're going to look deeper into a yogic lifestyle to empower our journey in healing and expansion into our highest. There's a lot of great things happening in the community, especially with yoga. But today, the goal is to talk about the essence of yoga, have a deeper understanding, and just come into alignment with how yoga is a pivotal part of healing and is something that is organically a part of us if we allow it. I had the pleasure of speaking to the soul, this individual, this being, and the grace, wisdom, love, and compassion that has come from our conversation was something I deeply felt needed to spread over into this space of the Hill with Shalom podcast. So today I introduce to you Lotus Soul, Lauren B. Solomon. And before I bring her on, I want to say a few things. Certified yoga instructor, advanced training in India, yogi, wise one, 
in my opinion, so many labels could be played school rule. And this is humbly me being humble. Um, you can experience this in this moment. And I want Lauren, Lotus Soul, to speak a little bit more right now. I want to introduce Lotus Soul, Lauren B. Solomon. Namaste, Shalom. Namaste, listening family. Thank you for that warm introduction. I'm humbled by it. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. It's just the beginning. It's funny you said warm because it's truly a warm up to where we're going. And um, I can't thank you enough for being here, for putting in the time and dedication. And I know our listeners excited. I've been sharing your craft, your work, your wisdom, your art, your movements, your divinity with them via social space, through your videos. I just know there's excitement because when we think of yoga, we think of movement. Mm -hmm. But I like to think of yoga as grace. In a sense, even though there's movement, there's still stillness. And as much as that sounds paradoxical, there's a grace in that and there's a deeper understanding. And I believe you capture that. I would love for our dear listener to know more about you and how you come to this place. Yoga is a practice that I was called to. Um, mm. Growing up, I had no experience or exposure to yoga at all. I didn't really have my first contact with yoga until I believe it was 2010. Um, a friend of mine invited me to come along to a class with her. And I was used to, I've always been into um, physical fitness. And so I was used to doing high intensity workouts, etc. But my experience up until that point was that I essentially opted myself out of it. And I say that because my mm. understanding of what yoga was, was something that affluent white women did. And mm. I am a woman of color. And so it was just something that I didn't see myself or anyone who really looked like me um, doing or practicing. You know, when you stand in the checkout line and you look at yoga journal or other, um, magazines that share the practice wow um a cover here and there right wasn't wasn't enough to really speak to me mm. and I'm, I'm gonna say this wowzers and i'm gonna say why it's a wowzers wowzers is when i feel like something is just super wow i'm gonna say this because this is where it's groundbreaking you didn't have the connection to yoga, yet now we speak to you as a yogi and master. This is already saying you had to you had to break through the illusion of what yoga was to get to the deeper understanding of it, to know that this was a deeper paradigm. This is something that's within us, that no one owns yoga per se, but it is a part of us. And I'm just interested in how you get from where you're at now in a conversation to where you're at now. This is super, super exciting. Yeah, so again going back to 2010 that was my first introduction and even though i'm clear now that i was called to the practice my first introduction to the practice i was actually turned off i was not ready for it at the time or i wasn't ready to receive it at the time but it was in 2010 when i was first exposed to the practice and I say I wasn't ready to receive it and I um, was turned off by it. I believe the class that I went to number one 
uh, was too advanced for me. Okay. And in addition to that, the instructor only spoke in Sanskrit the entire time, so that didn't create an environment for me in which I felt comfortable. And so I wasn't able to get out of my head, right? The entire hour or however, whatever the duration the class was, I was very hyper-focused about what everyone else was doing around me, how was whatever I was doing, matching up and measuring up to the people around me. So that's just in direct opposition of what the practice is and the environment that whoever is sharing and leading and guiding it. it, It's like a a teacher or someone who is a minister, let's say, regardless of whatever your background is, right? You have a responsibility to those who are under your care and under your, your teaching. So it is important that you create an environment where all feel welcome, no matter their level and that you're able to speak in such a way that can resonate with someone who has a very advanced practice and likewise meet someone, it's the first time they're walking in the room, it's the first time they're rolling out a mat as well and be able to touch them also. Wow, wow, I can already (laughs) feel and hear the grace. So the, the one thing I wanna say is this, this is so profound because I believe in this in all spiritual practices, that we must meet everybody where they're at. And there's, there's even with the advanced teachings, we always know to fill out who's around and where they're at and balance out that room. And this is such a careful thing because, like you said, all should be able to get involved. At core, it is a spirit practice. So this is, this is beautiful hearing this, that that was your experience, but you knew going through it that there should have been more awareness in this. It's beautiful. Yes, and maybe I didn't, I think that that clarity is, I think, more in hindsight, um, in retrospect, looking back on the experience and the way in which I was trained and the way in which I hold space um, when I'm sharing the practice with others that I believe wholeheartedly is important in terms of making the practice accessible. Um, so language or an understanding of Sanskrit or uh, the duration of your journey in your practice should not exclude um, anyone and it should be inclusive to anyone and everyone. But that was my first experience and I believe the universe and that the creator, we are presented with different people, places, things, opportunities that show up in our lives. And so that was just the introduction. And then two or three, two maybe years passed and I was going through a challenging time in my personal life. Um, And to not be cryptic around that, the issue at that time was I was in coming to the end of my first like adult relationship a young man who I've been dating from 24 25 up until almost 30 and so that was coming to an end and beginning to transition and I was struggling with that um, I had believed and envisioned my life was going to be one way um, with him and it became very clear that there was another plan Mm. So I was resisting that and in my space of resisting that and not wanting to sit and accept that. And so 
yoga resurfaced again in my mind. And by then my understanding had at least advanced to yoga is synonymous with peace. Mm. And I did not have any. And so I was like, okay, if yoga is peace and that was my level of understanding, then I'm going to go find and do some yoga. And I found my, my first yoga studio home on my first try, essentially. It was down the street, very convenient in my neighborhood because I live in Harlem. I went to Harlem Yoga Studio, my first teacher, um, my beloved, beloved Elle. Something about her energy is it wasn't something that I could put it on. I mean, Elle is not a woman of color, uh, but there is something about being in her presence. I just knew every time that I was in the room with her, that's where I wanted to be. And as I continued my practice, if she wasn't available, then I would wait. Wow. If she wasn't teaching, then I would wait. You know, I was became very attached to my experience with her specifically. And so I wanted more of that. The same way we become attached sort of to your, you know, your hair stylist or what have you. There are certain certain areas of our lives where we can be very particular about who we want uh, to care for us. Indeed, indeed. He was that person for me. Wow. So it sounds great because I like to touch on these points because it sounds like you found your teacher or guide or the perfect mirror to learn from and to, to study. And I think that's so important on a path because... When we don't have that, we can stumble, trip, fall, things of that nature, and which is okay, but we could get discouraged and lose our, lose our way. And I believe that when we're ready, the teacher appears, a form in some sense that we believe deep down is where we wish to attain and understand from this other soul fragment where we're headed and what mm-hmm. we're doing. It's very beautiful. And you know who your teacher is. Um, just because you've been to many different yoga classes with different um, instructors sharing the practice with you, they all aren't your teacher, right? They may have taught you in a particular instance or shared space and time with you. Um, but you know who your teacher is um, by the way that feels and that connection and the way their energy resonates with you wow so, so that's more of what i mean when i say she is my teacher beautiful i think our their listener needs to hear this many get on the path and they look to see who may be their teacher and i believe you're giving them a great feeling on what that should feel like if they do encounter that mm-hmm. being to guide them or to learn from yeah it'll just resonate with you you will feel safe you will feel at ease you will feel um comfortable and it's also you know when you're in good hands and as you continue the practice and as you continue to come to your mat when with her i can become and other teachers as well but with her i can become there's a complete trust I I don't care if she tells me to do the same posture, let's say three times in a row, right? Mm-hmm. 
I will just respond and write and be obedient to whatever it is that she is instructing versus sometimes there can be an occasion because there is a flow and a sequence uh, to the practice, right? And yes. so there is a right side and a left side and you alternate and there can be those moments. But if I'm not lost in the practice, if I'm truly submitted to the teaching at the time, I won't be caught up in my mind with, Oh, we're supposed to be on the left side now, right? Mm. I'll do that right side, even if it were an error, let's say, on her part. I'm going to do that right side, but I'm not going to analyze it, right? Because I'm so fully present in just the sound and the leading and the guiding of her voice. This is this is more wow, sis, because you're speaking about something, but I'm hearing surrender. I'm hearing release, which you just came from speaking about. You say yoga is peace. And this became about because you were dealing with resistance in your life. We're, let, mm -hmm. we're letting go. And I just think this is beautiful because this, this episode is about healing through yoga and the inner yoga practice and bringing it out. And why this is beautiful because, and I'm going to keep stressing this, because so many times I hear from a listener, how do I let go? And I'm like, you, you got to go through practice. Practice makes perfect. And this is... This sounds like this may be resonating deeply with many listeners right now to pick up something that gives them the understanding of surrendering and grace so they can go through life and learn how to let go and not deal with resistances. Mm. Wow. I think it's important when we think about letting go, that letting go, as you said, is it's a process. It is not an event. Wowzers. And when you give yourself permission to allow it to be a process and give yourself permission to not put a deadline or an end date on it because sometimes when you come to your mat or given the circumstances, all that you will have to give is a willingness to see it differently, a willingness to let it go, a willingness to surrender it. So if all you have is an ability at that time or space to prostrate yourself on your mat in a child's pose and mm. simply say to yourself, utter out loud, whatever it is, I am willing to surrender this and see this differently. Help me. I believe right now is the moment in which our dear listener is understanding why you're here and why, <laughs> and, and why we see the grace through your work. But hearing you as well connects it all because now we're seeing these movements and we're seeing you. You're now teaching us through your understandings of your practice. It's genius in my, in my humble opinion. But what I want to say reminds me of like Karate Kid or Mr. Miyagi when he, <laughs> was, when he was teaching his student all this crazy stuff. And he didn't know he was learning something deeper mm -hmm. through the wax on, wax off. Mm -hmm. And whoever's a little bit younger out there. Just look up Karate Kid on YouTube and you'll see these little scenes where the master is teaching the student in a very unorthodox way, but the student didn't realize they were learning something deeper about life practice, being able to defend themselves. Absolutely. So, I mean, just hearing you speak about what you do, you can hear the grace, respect, love, and compassion. Oh, wow. Thank you. Thank you. I think much of that and much of those little things to what you're saying in that example is about discipline and the practice of yoga will definitely uh, teach you that um, if you're available and willing 
to surrender to it and be, and, and be present for it. Um, will you continue to show up to your mat um, at home, right? Or even when no one's looking, will you continue to show up? Mm. You continue to show up for that particular pose that you fall on your face every single time. Will you continue to show up when there's no necessarily, I guess, sort of reward or compensation for your showing up, no recognition for your showing up? Will you continue to show up for your practice? Because at the end of the day, mm. it's showing you and highlighting to you, will you continue to show up for you? Because your practice mm. is a very individual practice. So, can you be disciplined for yourself? Wow. In so many areas of our lives, we will show up for other people. We will make commitments to other people and we will ensure that we will honor our word to those outward commitments and the practice of yoga. One of the things it will, it will teach is for you to have integrity with yourself. I, I mean, you, you just you stole it out of my mouth, but you basically speaking about integrity and powerful word, word that we should hear more often, because when we do something out of alignment with ourselves, we're doing basically something out of integrity with ourselves, meaning that we don't really want to do it, but we're doing it anyway, or we're doing things, like you said, for others that we're not doing for ourselves, mainly sometimes. I hear someone say, well, I love this person, but did you love yourself as well in the process, which can never, it can't get lost because if your cup is full, then you give. Mm -hmm. If your cup is empty and you're giving, you're going to feel robbed and you probably weren't robbed. You just didn't have the complete understanding on that love is giving when you're full and when you're full, you can afford to perpetually give in a healthy way. And you know how to responsibly give without expecting. Absolutely. And we betray ourselves. I was speaking about this in my class this evening. Um, we make, we betray ourselves on a regular basis. Mm. And mm. betrayal doesn't have to be this, um, you know, egregious trend. And discretion, right? It doesn't have to be like a lifetime movie about, you know, betrayal, but betrayal takes place in, in the smallest of things, right? So, for example, let's say you're invited out and you don't want to go out, but you go anyway. Mm. That's a small, a seemingly small betrayal, betrayal, mm. excuse me, of self. Wow. When you get up and you show up to that job that you know that you hate every day and you come home depleted, right? Ooh. That's a daily betrayal of yourself and what your spirit, right, has been speaking to you and is communicating to you. So when you betray yourself in the seemingly small things, when you betray yourself even on your mat. Wow. Right? Because the way you show up on your mat is the way you're showing up in every area of your life. I can read whether I know the person or not. A lot speaks to me from their practice, right? So we betray ourselves when we refuse to reach for the block to support yourself, right? So if you won't reach for a block, right, to support you in class, which is, the blocks are readily available. It's literally within arm's reach. Mm. 
you're rejecting support in any other area of your life as well because you won't give it to yourself. Wow. There's a probably strong arrogance there. You could be using this support, but you're not. And this is going to cause strain and it's going to cause mm-hmm. unnecessary suffering. Absolutely. And, and that's usually due to some sort of stubbornness that we have or resistance towards life. Right. It boils down to our ego and, and the way in which we allow the ego to run our lives or, or make decisions on our behalf. And all of that just also comes to, I mean, you just have to have an awareness of it. Um, mm. I'm far more aware, self-aware than I was five years ago, um, you know, so it's, it's something that you grow into. Wow. When I do see something like that happening in class and any of <laughs> any of my students, anyone that shares practice with me regularly knows I'm going to bring it up every time mm. because someone is going to do it or not do it every time. And it's not that it's right or wrong, but I do want you to notice. And then even deeper than that, I want you to notice where else is this showing up in your life? And how's that working out? Mm. Wow. Wowzers. That's one of my favorite phrases. How's that working for you? When someone that I'm working with speaks to me about something and it's not working, or like you said, we can't judge it, but awareness, I just go, how's that working for you? And they always answer honestly. They always say it's not working. And I was that person. See, this is the other thing. When you um, you said something earlier, I can only teach from my practice, from my experience. And I've had a colorful experience in my 33 years. Wow. So things that I see, I'm not speaking from something that I read. Right? It's not yes. some theoretical understanding. So when I speak and if I call something like that out, because I've been that person, because in my past life, in my former life, I used to work on Wall Street. So I understand very well um, ego. I understand very well uh, growing up without much in the way of financial means, per se, mm. and being very headstrong about. I must take care of myself and I must make things happen and I can't depend on anybody. And so when you come from, right, we all show up that way. We don't show up this way on our map for no reason. Mm. There's a reason why, right? But then once we come into an understanding of the reason, then like you said, then we can address how is that serving us or how is it not serving us? And then you can consciously make a new decision. So I love this. So we, we're not to judge our awarenesses, but become aware of them and see how we would like, what we would like to do different if we're not happy with what we're aware of. This is a master teaching that you're giving. And as you're speaking, I'm just, I'm sure our listener is wondering, you dropped it so subtle. How does one get from Wall Street to Yogi to Wall Street to Yogi? How how does one get there? How does one achieve this? I can only speak for me. Um, You know the saying, a hard head makes a soft ass. (laughs) I clearly, based on my experience, must have 
very, very hard hit. Um, so my experience, fortunately or unfortunately, well, it was no mistake, so it is not unfortunate. It, it, my process, my journey happened as exactly it needed to happen for me to understand and grasp and make the change. And so I'm saying all this to say sometimes it's not that I didn't know um, that I needed to do something else, that it was time to transition to something else. Mm. What I did before my education in terms of business and finance was something that I could do. But then there's that which we are all called to do. Wowzers. And um, sometimes and it's clear, especially going through all of these transitions in my life at that point. For me, a lot of times what happens is, is we, um, we can be very attached to our plan. And, mm. and the plan that we laid out and how we said that we wanted to go and how hard we have worked to achieve, to do X, Y, and Z. And it isn't until all of that has been stripped away, right? Or, or you've been brought to your knees, so to speak. And so the creator in the creator's own divine way brought me through a series of circumstances that brought me to my knees mm. and i and i do think it's unfortunate for me in, in looking back that oftentimes we don't go to the creator until it's the last resort wow right as i let me try all of my connections all of my means before i'm willing to surrender it to God, if that if that term resonates with listeners more as well, wow. instead of going there first, and actually, let me not even say there because there implies is that you have to reach and look outside somewhere, and the Creator is within you. We are all a beautiful and divine manifestation of the Creator of all. Wowzers, um, this is. It's so many things, but the, <laughs> I'm I'm flowing in the grace right now. I'm just like in this pool. I hope everyone's following me. Sometimes. Oh I... no! I believe you're <laughs> making it perfectly available for the following. I think if that makes sense, I feel like your flow is beautiful because you're setting this pace that even I'm loving because it's allowing everything to happen perfectly. So I believe that you're doing exactly what you need to be doing right now for me and our listener so thank you we we one of the things that is coming to spirit within me is now that you're connecting the whole idea of the falling to your knees it brought me to a quote that i've seen in a social space i believe it's if i fall You'll be there is sign Matt, <laughs> the mat itself. Yes, yes, yes. And floor. I've seen that. Yes. <laughs> and it brought me to another quote, and it's yours. Mm -hmm. um, the mat is where I meet God. Yeah. Which was when I heard that, it was like earthquake in the mind and spirit at the same time. Because it, it gave reverence for what happens there on the mat. Meditation is a big part of me. Through meditation, I'm able to experience yoga in a unique way. 
through automatic yoga, so there's actual movements and it's involuntary on my part. And we'll, we'll get into that, I'm sure, mm-hmm. these different levels of yoga. But I, I take it serious when I'm on the mat or I'm on the floor. It's, it's a very sacred space. It grounds me and reminds me of my connection to all that is. So everything you're saying is bringing this up for me. And I'm, I'm just honored that you're here and our listeners able to experience this right now. So Mike, what you quoted me saying, um, that is true, yoga is my mat, my practice, is where I commune with God, which leads me to a point that I, I, I think is important to highlight while I have this platform, is for us to take a step back. Mm. And even let's just make sure we understand what does the term, what does the word yoga mean? Wow. Often we use this word and we use it out of a familiarity uh, without really ever having, I'm sure, even looked it up or even questioned whether or not we understand the meaning of the word. Mm. So if I may, the word yoga is derived from the Sanskrit root, use meaning to bind or to join, to attach, to yoke. Mm. It also means union or communion. Mm. It is, it, the practice of yoga is the, the true union of um, our will with the Creator's will. It is the union mm. of you with Source, with all, with whatever name, fill in the blank that you... Wowzers with you for your higher power um this is why you're here we we needed this today we hear the words so often and we and i feel like it's of course uh, i don't need this i don't you know and those that do it do but i'm here for those that don't for those that have not been introduced to these practices in a sacred manner and I believe sacred for me goes beyond the physical. Mm-hmm. It's, it goes into divinity, it goes into the source, it goes into all that is. That's where sacred, when I use that word, it's saying we're worthy of what's deep within us. And it's a reverence there. And this is why you're here. That's what came to my spirit as soon you just said what you said. It's, you're needed to be here. It's needed to be said. It's important to understand it, and some there, you know, sometimes we don't know what we don't know. Mm. Then sometimes we don't know, but for whatever reason, we're not comfortable in asking. And and I'm a big believer in don't do or not do things um, just because others are doing it right have an understanding especially if you're going to participate right have an understanding of what it is you're doing and and why so when we're practicing yoga we're bringing into union your body right obviously our physical body is you your breath your prana which is your life force energy as well as is what i said just a moment ago you're coming into communion and union with your will and the will of that of the creator it's all it's all coming together creating a beautiful moving meditation on your mat that that's what we're practicing wow so it's a moving 
meditation on your mat. That's why you're here. I wanted to talk about yoga and I wanted to get how we heal through yoga. Because like I said, what we see right now in the world of yoga, at least in the social space, because that's right now where a lot of focus is. I don't know if everyone can see that by the grace of yourself <laughs> and others that are doing great work, but you can see the grace and you can feel something deeper happening. But then there's a large part where I don't know if it's conveyed and one can think of yoga and dismiss it as this physical movement and stretching and it goes so much deeper than that. So yes, yes it does. So and to that end, right, yoga if we think of yoga, if we now that we understand that definition, that is like the overarching uh, umbrella, if you will. And then there are there are eight limbs, it's called, right? The eight limbs of yoga. And so what often comes to mind when people hear the word is, as you said, the physical practice or the physical discipline of yoga, which is also called asana. So when you are on your mat, you are practicing asana, which is, again, the physical discipline of the practice. But that is only one eighth of what the entire uh, practice of yoga, what the word yoga encompasses, what it involves. Wow, so it's one eighth. So the physical practice of what we see is one eighth. So that's basically saying yes. that it's... There's levels to this. <laughs> <laughs> and And that's why we're here. Because I know deep within, from my understandings of it, it's a very deep thing. It's a very deep expression. And it's completely grace-filled. And when I say the word grace, it's been coming up a lot. But you, you bring this to the table. Grace is the word where if you go into any great book, the word is there for a reason. I believe that word is our trace of divinity. When we want to understand what source is like and what all that is is like, which is all encompassing, I believe one of the greatest translations I've ever felt or heard or seen would be the word grace. And we don't hear the word much. We, mm -hmm. we hear love, we hear joy, we hear passion, but the word grace is very sacred because it's something you can't, something you can't fabricate. It has to be there or it's not there. And it comes from within. It can't come from outside. So one eighth, the physical practice, asana, yeah. is is one eighth of yoga. So can we talk about the other limbs that <laughs> <laughs> the other levels, the other the, the other the other the other greatness that's within this practice? So our dear listener can have a under deeper understanding and choose to now look at yoga with the reverence that it deserves and also choose to discover the other seven. Yes, yes, yes. I will I will do my best to share in such a way that is uh, easy to understand. Beautiful. So the eight stages of yoga are one, the yamas, which are universal moral commandments. Two, the niyamas, which can be thought of similar as uh, commandments as well, but more from a self-purification discipline standpoint. Three, there is asana, which is the physical discipline, physical practice, which we often associate the word with yoga. 
Uh, four would be pranayama, which is the rhythmic and control of the breath. Five would be pratyahara, which is the withdrawal of the mind from being dominated from our senses and, and exterior or external circumstances. Six would be dharana, which is concentration, deep meditative concentration. Seven is dhyana, which is meditation. And eight is the ultimate, which is referred to as samadhi, which is a, a state of super consciousness, which is brought about by an intense and profound meditation in which the yogi, the aspirant, uh, becomes one with the object of his meditation, which would be the divine, the creator, all. Wow. Right? And so, again, choose, choose any one of those and you are practicing yoga. And, and to align ourselves with any one of these moral commandments, right, is, is a practice of yoga. Um, so, <laughs> wow. And I, I'm just sitting here, I'm, I'm shaking my head half the time because this is a complete practice. Absolutely. And, and you just given us many ways we can choose to focus and master through each limb, the practice and bring it into our wholeness. I'm like I said. I'm just shaking my head. It's, it's super humbling, but we needed this today. We needed to understand this very sacred practice, this very um, inner practice, and how expansive it really is beyond what we see, and beyond what is put out there. That there's more than meets the eye, literally. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and it so much resonates. I know for all those listening that's doing the work, we have many yogis that listen. We have many meditators. We have many healers. We have so many different paths that listens to this program. And I would like to say thank you because, like I said, it's just I feel the expansion within the confirmations, the beauty and understanding that some of us are practicing yoga in unique ways and not even aware of it. That's important to know that. And like I said, it comes back to this feeling that this is a complete practice that if one was to take all these limbs, it will give them a perfect whole and complete. Wow. And there's nothing missing. There is nothing lacking from the practice. It will um, satisfy and meet and strengthen you outwardly. And then there is much, much inner work. And then as you can see, just from those, other two limbs alone in terms of the yamas and the niyamas then there are subsets right groupings yes. within that which allow you to go deeper and then there's your asana practice then there's meditation right which you um practice and delve into right and then there's pranayama which is your prana is is um translates like to your life force energy you could think of that as your breath and breath control and how to control the breath and how to use that as a way to continue to continue just go deeper and deeper inwardly into energy and then as you get into meditation and eventually your meditation the deeper deeper you go into that you can and you will become breathless mm, all right now here we go i call it the master class vibration 
when we just gently step, our guest just gently steps into that master class. You've been there. We've been there. I think I mentioned it earlier, but you just talked about the zero breath. Now, this is powerful. This is something I talk to anyone I guide about because there's a, there's a sacred place that happens where you basically are so full and so deep that you're basically living and expanded and can you talk about this? Because it's, it's basically, like you said, it's the levels. But I believe our listeners here for that. Just to know that these things exist and are attainable is where we begin to want to practice and get into our highest gracefully. Right. Well, I, I would like to say this. When, when it comes to practicing pranayama, which is understanding, again, the science of the breath, um, the full impact and the force of your prana of the breath of life is another way to translate it, is that we really must um, seek to master the pranayama and and not in a hurry, right? Because then that's as if you are, you, you don't want to play with life itself, right? Mm. Your physical body, are, it, we, there's such amazing, uh, incredible machines, right? But if you don't take that next inhalation, that next exhalation, right? You're no longer with us. So um, it's so delicate, yet so strong at the same time, which I think speaks to the mastery of the creator. But that aside, when it comes to practicing um, the, the science of the breath, it is very important to do so under proper guidance and also to perform it properly and, and especially initially not alone. Yes, agreed. It's a very, um, it's a very serious practice. It's a very intense practice. And as we explore these these deeper parts of ourselves, it's it's important to make sure you're doing so under direct and um, proper instruction. In my deepest intention, this is what I want for the show. I want our listeners to be able to show up. And not only hear things that just simply resonate, but also get the expansion part. And expansion means leaving our comfort zone sometimes and getting into our highest. But we know when we're ready for that. We know when we're ready for that next step. And I believe just at this moment, thank you for creating this space to expand upon these things gracefully and trusting yourself to do so. I think very so often we're worried about so much of the technicality. We won't speak about it or even give those beautiful um, subtle heeds of saying, you know, make sure you have guidance, make sure you seek that and make sure, you know, you understand what you're getting into. But this is, this is it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, cause when we come back to it, whether we're talking about the breath or the physical practice, the very object, the purpose of yoga, what we are, what we are working on, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, is how to control and to still the mind um, we were given a mind for a reason so we don't want it to be shut off mm. but to to still that chatter right that goes on yes. um, the, the one that is opining and right in everyone's mind right now about everything that is being said or shared that that voice and so as you learn pranayama and as you learn to master the breath this allows us to 
control our senses in such a way that our minds and our bodies can be ready for true concentration, which is yet another limb of yoga because there's even like levels in terms of when we say meditation. Mm. Mm. Wow. I um so many questions are coming to spirit. But Lotus Soul, how did you <laughs> get this a part of you? You Lauren B. Solomon, how did you get Lotus Soul to be birth? From everything that we're speaking about, because that this brings me to great interest to know I can hear everything, I can feel it. How was Lotus Soul born? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lotus Soul was has always been there. Mm. Wowzers. Wowzers. Lotus Soul has already been there. It's always been there. Uh, it's just been up to me to uncover it and to share it. Um, Lotus Soul for me, in, in one way, yes, it, we can think of it as, as my brand. But it is my means and the way in which I share this beautiful practice that has given so much to me, that has changed my life, that continues to change my life and transform my life and enrich my experience of living, um, to share that with others. I know that that is what I have been gifted and called to do. Lotus Soul has always been there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's something very important to hear. Usually when we have our spiritual name birth unto us or the spiritual vibration that we bring into this reality, I try to explain very often and our dear listeners listening, that has always been there when they ask Shalom, tell us how you got to Shalom Melchizedek. I said, this is who I am. This is a vibration. It's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like you said, more than a name. It's it's something that's already been there and we aligned with it. And our alignment brings this forth. And I just thank you for saying that because very often we all have the spiritual calling within. We all have this destiny and this alignment that we're going towards and it takes great courage to get there receive it and share it with others and be of service and i truly know you're being of service just thank you gracefully um being here breaking this all down for us walking us through it and that's what i wanted i wanted us to talk about yoga in a way where as if we never heard it because i believe many still really haven't properly been introduced to it right to that point, may I say something? Yeah, please, please. No shade, but it, with all that has been said thus far, when we look at what is presented out there, just because someone is in a yogic pose does not mean that they are practicing yoga. Mm. Mm. Wow. I can sit at a piano. That doesn't make me a pianist. Ooh. Like we said, no shade, right? We're just, this is just, <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just important, right? Because sometimes we'll get to a moment like this and when, you know, the mic drops and 
and people, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're sitting and they receive it, but they need to process it. But this is actual factual. This is so true. Being in front of a stove doesn't make you a chef. There's a there's a craft there. There's a practice mm. there. There's a mastery there. And the goal is to respect any craft. Wow. I mean, I think we just need to hear it. Contorting your body, standing on your head or your hands, that is excellent, right? And we are to be grateful, right, that your body will do what you have asked it to do in that way. Mm. However, that does not make one a practitioner or a follower of the practice of yoga. It simply means they can stand on their head. And I think this is important because when we have an episode like Healing Through Yoga, somebody may think I'm healing through a handstand. And I'm not being funny, but that would be if someone's not properly educated or informed. Let's say this because we're all learning right now. I'm learning. Absolutely. Because even though I have my inner practice and I have my practice, the wording and understandings being put to that practice is so important. This is beautiful. I just think we need to hear it. I think healing needs to be this. It needs to be revealing. It needs to be real. And it needs to be raw. There's no other way we can get to healing if we don't have these understandings. But you know what? Even with that said, I think I, the beautiful thing about the practice is everyone uh, demonstrates or shares or posts based upon their level of understanding mm. and the practice of yoga is 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 truth right the true practice of yoga is truth and there are many interpretations um of at that but as you as we practice whether we have this deeper understanding and it's so much deeper than anything that i could articulate right now in this moment and i will continue to learn and grow to understand is that yoga again is the truth and so the truth will transform you right mm. and and whether you understand when or how or where the transformation is taking place maybe many of us enter yoga just for the sake of i want to be able to do a split i want to be able to stand on my head and that's where it starts right mm. that's that introduction and then as we continue and as we keep showing up the practice is, has the the power and the wherewithal to transform mm. so we'll all come sooner or later to that understanding but you know, we have been given free will here. So even with the understanding, you can accept it and receive it and embody it. Or you are always welcome to reject it or cherry pick from it. It is <laughs> true, though. It, with any kind of healing, practice, growth, expansion, we, we, we can choose to cherry pick. But I say this is why the guide and teacher is in reality to say enough cherry picking we have to get into it all because if you're not into it all, you won't get it all. Mm, you won't get what you're trying to get. Mm -hmm. Cherry pick. It, you will need to get into your practice and get wholly into it because you're a whole being and you will find your greatest alignment there. And you, like you said, your life will follow suit. How you show up on that mat is how you show up for life. And if you're showing up whole, 
and allowing and surrendering your life will be that much better so <clears throat> this is beautiful and when i say that word i just i want people to understand when i say that this is divine understanding of saying this is the light this is the this is shedding light in the darkness and saying this is the illumination this is where we have that aha that wowzers that that boom effect of like it's bigger there's more and i want to get into the more because yeah. that's where it's all at that's where the healing is that's where the love is that's where the deeper practice the union is the partnership it's all there it's all there exactly so like what you said when i said lotus soul is already there everything that we all need to know that we need to understand everything that we need is already there and what the practice has done for me and why i'm so passionate about it and why i'm so grateful for it and that i have the privilege to share it with others is that it has allowed me like if you think of your mat like a full-length mirror has allowed me to mm, recognize myself, like recognize, right? Re-meaning mm, again, okay, right? Cognize okay. to know. Okay. It has allowed me to know again myself. Amen, amen, amen. Recognize. And you said your mat is a mirror. It's a long mirror. Yes, yes. It will reflect back to you. It reflects back to me everything I need to know. Sure. It's on our listeners' mind. How do they find you? I have to get this out now because <laughs> I, I'm just sure there's someone listening going, I need to find her. I need. I want to go deeper. Thank you. So, so to answer your question, people can connect with me on Instagram at lotus.soul.yogi. Um, my email and my website information are there in my bio. And soon and very, very, very soon, I will be creating and posting my first videos to YouTube for my Lotus Soul YouTube channel so that I can um, make the practice even more accessible and people can share uh, in the practice with me from the comfort of their home. So I look forward to sharing that very selfless thank you for doing that and providing this space for our dear listener listening i hope you understand how pivotal this is so you can understand that your practice is about being and naturally coming into alignment through your growth and expansion it's important to know that it's not about being perceived as perfect but being real and getting to a point where you can embrace who you truly are so you could become more of who you truly are lotus soul lauren solomon oh man you you have done a service and a half today i'm so glad that you chose to be here i'm very very grateful and thank do, you and do this with us um is there anything you'd like to say to our listener as they listen that we may have not touched on but that is in your spirit to them at this point in time the first thing that comes up for me is if there's anyone listening who is practicing and has been playing with the idea of whether or not they should pursue, pursue teaching because um, i remember when i was in that space and i had all these concerns around, well, 
how many years of practice do I need to put in first before, you know, I allow myself to take that step into this portion of the audience. I want to say, if you have and you believe and you know whether you have or not, if you have received the call to teach, then answer that call and go teach. And it has nothing to do with the number of years that you've been practicing because you must commit to and you must be willing to commit to forever being an eternal student, even if you have 20 plus years experience right now. You will always stand in front of that room as a student. And if you're not willing to commit to that, then don't teach. Right? But if you're willing to understand that you are eternal student, then you will always have something to offer. If ever you think you have achieved or reached a place of knowing, then you have nothing to offer anyone else. Wow. Wowzers. That was a wowzers. I know there's a listener listening and that was for them. And I know there's many, hopefully, but we speak to the individual and I hope you as individuals that's listening and hear Lotus Soul speaking these graceful vibrations of love. Lastly, I want to say to those who are have an interest in the practice, know that nothing happens or comes about by accident or happenstance. There is no coincidence. So if you have been called to the practice, however the practice has been introduced to you, then continue to pursue that and continue to follow that and find your teacher, find that voice, find that person who resonates with you and speaks to your spirit when you show up in their presence and under their instruction, whether virtually or in person. Continue to show up um, and, and see where it takes you because we, we know already what happens when we don't show up. So maybe we explore and give ourselves permission to to experience something new. Show up, show up. That's what it's about. Doesn't have a great framework for showing up for our inner space. Um, we live in a very much outer society, so everything tells us to think outer, but natural innate wisdom points us within. Everything comes from within out. So just as Lotus Soul said, show up and you have a great confirmation and guide right here speaking to you lotus soul show up for our dear listener you have our full support you have my full support you have her full support and this is what it's about it's about the balance it's about the truth i'm completely humbled and appreciative of this transmission that we're having so far dear listener listening you have Lauren's information, Lotus Soul, please reach out, please communicate. We need to support those doing the work, standing firm for us to come and find our space within and around us. So please communicate, express. This is the opportunity. This episode is for you to have your empowerment to make the choices you need. And if you feel it within show up and yeah. Lauren, i can't thank you enough i believe we did a very thorough job of covering this and I, I will ask this question before we go i feel like there's so many gateways you presented on how we can heal through yoga 
But if our listeners need anything else to know about the healing through yoga aspect, um, even from your perspective of your journey, is there anything else that could be said that we might have not said? Simply begin. And once you begin to continue to show up and, and as you commit to yourself, as you commit to your practice, the, the, the healing and the transformation is inevitable and will all come in due time. Do your practice and all is coming. Powerful. Thank you, Lauren, for being here, Lotus Soul. Please, everybody, we will have Lotus Soul, Lauren B. Solomon's information on healwithshalom.com slash podcast. And also we'll be sharing more of her videos throughout this upcoming week. So please feel free to share your feedback and share your love and appreciation. Thank you, Lauren, for being here. Thank you. I am Shalom Melchizedek. This is the Hill with Shalom podcast, and I love you. Thank you for tuning in with the Hill with Shalom podcast. All your support and contributions helps us to continue the creation of this podcast. I am excited to share the ways you can support and contribute to the continuation of the podcast. You can schedule private one-on-one healing sessions with Shalom by emailing healwithshalom at gmail.com. We have a new book released from Victoria Liana and Shalom Melchizedek, Learning to Love and the Power of Sacred Sexual Spiritual Partnerships. Learning to love serves as a tool to becoming love from the root perspective. Learning to love takes you, the reader, on a journey of remembering the inner frequency of love, attuning back to the vibration, and coming into an alignment with an energetically suitable partner that you can work in union with to create an empowered, sacred, sexual, spiritual partnership. This book also includes a hands-on workbook to guide in the process. We invite you to invest in yourself as we know this is a book that will change your life and your relationships. This book is available at hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. All the meditative music you hear throughout the podcast is also available for purchase online at hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. You can also make a donation in any amount at hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. Each donation goes a long way to ensure the continuation of this podcast, and every dollar will go to the continuation of this podcast and creation of more vibrational tools for healing and spiritual growth. If this podcast has helped you in any way, we invite you to share your support and appreciation. We deeply love and appreciate you. Highest blessings. Highest blessings. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hill with Shalom podcast. We greatly appreciate your support and your support makes a difference. Every dollar donated goes towards the continuation of this podcast. You can go to hillwithshalom.com slash podcast and make a donation. If each listener contributes and donates, it makes a great difference in the survival of this podcast. We use many tools and services to maintain this podcast. So your support 
definitely makes a difference. Thank you for listening. Right now, here are two samples of our universal affirmations by myself, Shalom Melchizedek, and Victoria Liana. These affirmations are made with love. They are available as well on hillwithshalom.com slash podcast. Enjoy these samples. Highest blessings. Focus on the infinite nature and power of the heart. You can tune into your innate frequency of love and abundance. Everything you need is within you. And when we tap into our storehouses within, we can access and withdraw these blessings of love and abundance. You can breathe deeply. You can begin your breathing by going in through your nose and out through your mouth. As you go in through your nose, allow your stomach to expand outwards as far as possible, making sure you are still comfortable. And as you go out through your mouth, allow your stomach to come in as far as possible within your comfort. If you allow each breath to get slower and deeper, you will feel a great peace. This peace is very important for these affirmations to work. You can repeat these words or simply just breathe I am love. I deeply love and appreciate myself. I am in love with all of existence. I am the love that I have been searching for. I appreciate the source within me. appreciate all of what Source has done for me. I am Victoria Liana, and this is Universal Affirmations. You are now listening to Spiritual Prosperity Affirmations. Prosperity is our birthright, and these prosperity affirmations will help you develop prosperity consciousness. Having a positive thinking pattern about money and prosperity is essential to becoming prosperous. By changing your thoughts, you allow the abundance and prosperity of the universe to flow within your life. Money comes easily. I easily receive money. Money is 